What's up, Cuzzies? Welcome to the Coaster Cuzzies podcast. If this is your first time tuning in to the Coaster Cuzzies, um, I'm going to be honest, I don't know the intro, and uh, I've got 99 episodes without learning it, so I'm not going to learn it now. Your host for today's show is Coaster Bro, and listen to that Cuzzies in your ear. Joining us on the show today are two absolute legends. One of my favorite podcasts of all time. They've been taking a little nap. About at least a half a year of a nap here. And uh, we're coming together to celebrate. We kind of started shows around the same time. And it was a party. And, um, you know, I've just been big fans of them the whole time they've been doing their thing. And I, I want to say they might even been fans of us. We share a Discord together. It's been a party. Welcome, everybody, the hosts of Prairie Coasting. We have Logan and Mitch joining us for the 99, the season finale. Don't know how I didn't put that in the intro. The season finale of Coaster Cuzzies. Let's go. What's up, dudes? How you doing? Woo-woo. Uh, season finale. Best for last. Let me fucking tell you. Longest season ever, and I'm ready to be here for this last one. <laughs> hey, you know, originally I wasn't going to do seasons. Uh, we got we got to the point where uh, I didn't take any breaks since the beginning of the pandemic. This show has just been popping off. I think maybe one or two weeks off in the middle somewhere at some point. It's impressive. Excited to have the 99th episode, the end of the end of the uh, the first season. Which it, I'm not good at math, but. Over two years? Something yeah. like that. Two and a half now, I think. Two and a half, two and a half for sure. Maybe the next season will be a, a lot shorter. <laughs> I'm hoping. Um, but, hey, I'm excited to have you guys on because I've been fans of you guys forever. You guys two of my favorite hosts to ever have on Coaster Cuzzies. You guys have been taking a nap for a while. Everybody's been wondering where you're at. And, um, you know, I'm just excited to celebrate with you guys. Uh, two of my best podcast friends of all time. Yay. I'm so glad. I mean, I, we had taken a little bit of a nap. The 2022 has been a year. You can call it the post pandemic year, but I think most people just call it the most open pandemic year. Very honestly. Friggin' nap. (laughs) Yeah. It's been, it's been a time. There's been lots happening, but there has been lots of exciting things, lots of uh, interesting things that we're, um, we're definitely going to uh, talk about here, about a little bit about our lives, what we've been doing. Um, I know if you've been in the Discord, Logan, you've been you've been very active, so you haven't really been taking a nap in the Discord. No, I'm number four in the Discord, trailing behind Jeff, Tony, and uh, Goliath. I don't know how the heck Goliath, another podcast host, is topping off our our Discord here, Coaster Bro. I think we got to do something about that. Well, have you ever talked to Goliath? The guy, the guy just keeps talking. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> so I have no, I have no. Uh, you know, I'm not even going to try to compete with Goliath, man. You can just yeah. talk away in the I think it's best to just let Goliath do his thing. Um, but enough about yeah. Goliath. See, he worked his way into this show even, damn it. Uh, yeah, yeah no, having not been inactive on the Discord, been having fun over there, just have not had time to let the creative juices flow. So it's been nice to hop on to this little season finale with y'all and just kind of, I don't know, celebrate all we did with Prairie Coasting, Mitch. And I don't know, yeah. thanks for giving us this little space to do that over here at Coaster Bro. Yeah, I mean... I. Fill in the listeners. Where have you guys been? What's been going on with the show? Where are we at? Because we're kind of at 
I feel like we're celebrating uh, together a little bit here, but the listeners might not be tuned in to what the hell is happening. I don't know, Mitch, do you want to go first here? Sure. Well, I mean, I think in terms, I'll do show life and then celebration in that order. So show wise, I think the last episode we recorded was like what we've been up to summer plan. I don't know, something like that. That came actually a very popular, came a popular episode, which thanks for that. Um, I think uh, the springtime was an interesting time uh, for the show and for us personally. I think right after we recorded that, I got COVID. We actually had plans to record another episode like I think the week or two after our last one came out mm-hmm. um, and uh, I I was like, I just, I was dead to the world COVID wise. And then it just never really picked up from there. I went on a really fun coaster trip immediately after I had COVID and then it just kind of took off from there um, in my personal life. So I think the show wise, me and Logan kept up to um, like with ourselves and everything, but we knew we'd be taking a break in the summer anyways, just like we did last year between season two and season three. So we kind of, by the time May and June rolled around and we were talking about things, we said, you know, let's just take, let's just put it on hiatus for now. Um, Logan had been keeping people updated in the discord. Um, everyone had been asking, you know, all's good there. They like been very, very supportive. So that's been really, really nice. Um, so that's kind of the show bit personally. Um, I've still been working lots uh, traveling lots this summer was literally gone every weekend, which was fantastic, which was great. Um, and then, yeah, celebrating the end of Prairie Coasting. I think we'll we'll do a little bit of a goodbye here on uh, on our our channel on our feed. Maybe you'll you'll hear about that if uh, you go over there and check it out. And and it and I was I think Logan. I think correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just I'm, I'm we did a lot. We did a lot of episodes. We were weekly yes. episodes. We. Um, achieved what we wanted to get out. If you look, listen to the very first couple episodes where we record together, we wanted like a Canadian podcast that had never been, there's never been a Canadian coaster podcast before. There had never been a podcast where, you know, someone had doesn't live anywhere near coasters. They, we'd never had a podcast where um, West Edmonton Mall was the two people's home park growing up. So <laughs> yep. I think we had a lot of interesting perspectives. I think there was a lot of interesting discussions we had. And I'm like really proud of what we did, but I'm also happy to like put that to bed because I think we accomplished the theme of that podcast. I think we accomplished yeah. that. And I'm happy to move on from that. So I, I don't know what your thoughts on that are. No, you definitely hit the nail on the head, eh? Like, um, I don't know. We started off, I mean, Caleb, you've been around from the very beginning of my show here. It originally started off as just a COVID project, right? Like I was looking for something to do my entire life. I mean, everybody's life did, especially mine, took a complete 180 during the pandemic. And yeah, recording podcasts is something I've always listened to. And I'm like, you know what, let's give this a shot. So first, what, like five episodes were filmed in the back of the freaking Pontiac (laughs) Sunfire and a heat wave out at the lake, just talking about the most random stuff stumbled upon you guys and the cuzzies and then kind of created some connections through there eventually found mitch and yeah that blossomed into exactly what mitch just talked about having that different perspectives honestly in this community at least from what we've seen and we had fun with it and it just yeah kind of reached its end its life and honestly i'm very happy with where we got it to be well i I was a big fan of you guys it was a great great i I love listening to every element of your show logan when you're in the back of the car in a heat wave just kind of rambling about lifeguarding and roller coasters and living like 27 hours away from a coaster or whatever it is. 
Uh, <laughs> Six, but yes. <laughs> I enjoyed that so much. And then Mitch came in like a like a freaking wrecking ball and gave you some direction. And yeah, like fantastic. the main character he was. Just boom, slamming open that door. I am here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I listened to the, some of those early episodes of the podcast. I'm like, man, I would just interrupt. I didn't need to take over. Still kind of do to an extent, but uh, it we, we, we got through it together. I think... I, I think especially some of the episodes in late 2021, 2022, like we'd really found a groove, um, especially after so long of lockdown and after so many guests and mm-hmm. things to talk about, talk that we talked about. I think we'd found a really awesome groove. Even you said, Logan, like editing our episodes were not that bad because the two of us had just gotten to such a groove that we didn't really have a yeah. lot of dead spots. We were a lot of back and forth. Like we weren't really talking over each other. It was a, we'd gotten to a really good place and, and, and everything like that. But we also did what we accomplished, what we said we wanted to do. We talked a lot about certain topics. There was a lot of filler. A lot of times we really tried to make an episode work when we weren't feeling it. Um, we really tried to also make the podcast more ourselves when we, you know, branch a little bit away from coasters and into more just general topics. But um, I think at the time it's what we needed and I think it's exactly what we both needed in that moment either talk about coasters as, as an escapism or real life and and very get very very personal when we just really at, at the time when we really really needed it when it didn't really seem like there was a lot of things to look forward to yeah <laughs> no, it really hit the nail on the head right there like I don't know it very much was just a way for us to kind of have some sort of scheduled thing to do during that entire time when everything was super uncertain up in the air and I really feel like the podcast did more than just gave us a platform in the community and some friends. Like it, I, I don't know about you, Mitch, but at least for me personally, it very much just helped ground me myself and helped me kind of explore different parts of myself and who I was, which is, you know, hence the big break we had here, but ultimately it's coming to an end and I'm just happy we could see it out the way we did here. Yep. I agree. I completely agree. Love ya. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate what you guys did for the coaster community, especially those Canadians up there who really had no podcast to listen to. Everybody, everything was just so American based and, and, and nobody ever talked about whatever that mall is called. You know, famous mall whatever. <laughs> West Edmonton. Disneyland of, um, of Canada, which is Canada's wonderland. Um, mm-hmm. Those parks need more coverage. And I, I was excited to hear you guys talk about that kind of stuff and, and um, it's really an honor to have you guys on the show to to celebrate you as well as celebrate the end of season one of the Coaster Cuzzies. So it's an honor to be here. There's lots of lots of happy endings, but also lots of exciting beginnings coming. So super super happy to uh, to be here, celebrate that, la- laugh a little bit, make some jokes, and uh, celebrate the end of an era. Mm-hmm. Well, exciting beginnings. I wonder what that's about. I don't know. We should just stay tuned. I'm sure if you just wait and if you're patient, it'll uh, you'll you'll find it. We'll we'll all know what what's beginning because I'm not sure. Okay. Hmm. Well, that's something to look forward to. I guess keep an eye on uh, the internet. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good place to look. Look on the internet. Yeah. Good news is always on the internet, right? No, that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest news is always in the Facebook news feed. Oh yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna pop into the show here and. And as you guys know, Theme Park Stud is no longer with the show, but, you know, we've gone 99 episodes with Theme Park Stud and kind of had this little, uh, our listeners kind of expected, you know, Theme Park Stud Reacts was going to come on and, and we're going to react to some news. So you guys are going to fill in for Theme Park Stud. 
okay. this episode. You guys haven't studied. Right. You don't know what we're about to talk about. Um, I assume you guys maybe follow the Coast News a little bit more thoroughly than he did, but um, you know, can no, you I, I do not. Neither of you. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Really authentic, then. You don't have to be yeah. sorry. That's the that's the show. I'm Canadian. My entire life is a sorry mess. <laughs> <laughs> a sorry mess. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> also, you've dropped a few A's on here already, and I'm really proud of you, Logan. I did. No, oh, absolutely, you absolutely. Have. Oh, okay. Freak's sakes, I don't even pay attention. Laughing so. right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> Theme Park Stud reacts. I'm going to give you guys... Oh, you're not Theme Park Stud. Coast... Nope. Prairie Coasting. <laughs> Prairie Coasting reacts. I've Folks, got after 99 stories. episodes, he's really burnt. He's really fucking up. Let me let me just tell you. Let's, it's, we're done. Season what? one. Swear again. Out. We never used to do that on our show. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was a long season, guys. You got you to gotta forgive me a little bit. <laughs> it's all good. You're here with good company. All right. The first bit of news... Uh, Six Flags Magic Mountain is no longer going 365. Originally, I guess the past couple of years, Six Flags was really in their prime. They were saying, hey, we're going to open every single day of the year at Magic Mountain. And, um, you know, some of those days may not have been well attended. If you're a good coaster enthusiast, you probably went up there and got many rides in on X2 uh, with walk-on weights and that sort of thing. But in November... Officially, the 365 day is gone in Magic Mountain. What do you guys think about that? I had not heard about that, actually. To be honest, that is actually a surprise to me, even. like, And I medium follow the coaster news. So I would say, as someone who attended you know, Magic Mountain a couple times in the last year, as everyone, if you listen to Coaster Cuzzies, or not Coaster Cuzzies, if you listen to Bray Coasting at all, you know my not love for Magic Mountain. Um, so I think it'll be interesting. I, I am not opposed to it. I, I think I had seen some California enthusiasts go to the park in like a weekday in the end of January and it'd be dead, which is great. But if it'll help with staffing in any way, because even if you go on like, I don't know, I haven't been on a day where they don't run run one train ops on literally every coaster. So <laughs> if, if that'll help at all with staffing of some way shape or form where they could really focus it on weekends or whatever like that would be awesome um yeah i'm i'm honestly not mad about it i think it's a i think it's a good idea um the 365 parks are really just disney universal and those ones those are like on a different caliber i guess so i don't know i'm not mad about it but logan what do you think uh, I don't know. So I'm not obviously super in the know of how theme parks operate myself. So staffing wise, all that kind of stuff, I have no idea on the logistics. My initial thought was, you know, makes sense. Kind of like you were saying, Mitch, where you can have some more downtime and all that. I almost be wondering though, like if this was a job that a lot of the people depended on, is it crazy to think what if you just did like certain sections of the park open each day? of the week rather than just necessarily like closing it for these days. So you can still have the park open, but at a smaller capacity kind of idea. And then maybe like rotate that around if you still want to do your maintenance and all that kind of stuff on the rides. I don't know. Just a random idea that came to my head. That was kind of my initial reaction to that one. Hmm. That is an interesting thought. Cause when I think about this too, uh, well, um, Mitch, you talked about the staffing and, and I kind of wonder too, cause you had full-time ride operators and full-time like, Mm-hmm. just like standard food yeah. people so like what happens there are they no longer full-time 
Um, I mean, they are operating weekends only. So I don't know if that's if they're just OC open to close every day on Saturday, Sunday. That still doesn't get you full time hours, though. No, um, no, well, it doesn't. And I only bring that up because our home park up here, like West the Mitte Mall, uh, they are open generally on the weekdays, but just like in evenings and whatnot during the middle of winter and when school's on kind of idea, or they just flat out have a smaller capacity with the staffing. So you just have like less slides open at the water park or less rides open in Galaxy Land, but they'd still be open at some capacity almost throughout every single day of the year. So I just was curious to know, like, maybe you guys know if there's other parks that do that potentially. If the listeners have any idea, please chime in. These are things that I'm genuinely a little bit interested to, you know, kind of know about. Mall of America, who also mm-hmm. owns West Edmonton, like Triple Five also owns yeah. that. They do the exact same thing. So I went to Mall of America actually almost exactly three years ago. It was like October 29th or something like that. Um, and it was the same thing that you, when you walk in, there was like the, and on, when you bought a ticket online and you bought it, it would show you like the schedule. If you want to ride this ride, they'd be open between these hours and then it would mm. move on. They kind of like sectioned the park a little bit. So they like that. There was like section with this section, the, the coasters and the log flume were always open, like everyone, but the flat rides and the kitty rides would, would alternate for, for staff wise. So, and, and I guess that's a good point. Cause like, even if they don't alternate, it's not open every day. Why wouldn't they just close on Tuesday and Wednesday? Those are the two most dead days. And then you could still have full-time staff. You could still have two days for maintenance. So I think, I think it'd be interesting to run like a Thursday to Monday. Cause Mondays are usually still a busy day in the parking. There's like a long weekend or whatever, but yeah, yeah it'd be interesting why they decided not to do like a closed Tuesdays and Wednesdays thing instead of that. Or maybe they just were really struggling with staff that much. Maybe they, maybe they truly didn't have full-time because i know a lot of those parks tend to do sketchy things to try and keep their staff from being full-time because when they're full-time they have to provide like like legally they have to provide a bunch of benefits so they try to keep them at like 31 hours 32 hours kind of thing to 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 avoid that so there's got there's got to be someone else going on behind the scenes i'm sure yeah. And uh one thing about six flags they, they aren't taking baby steps right now they're taking very drastic moves and uh, i think it's more of a money saving kind of thing because honestly i mean if you're looking at it, full-time employees cost more than part-time. So maybe that's Absolutely. that's part of it. And then uh, the operating cost of not having as much of attendance on those days, I think, uh, was eating them up. Now, on the other side, Cedar Fair announced that while they won't be going 365, Kings Dominion and Carowinds will now be year-round operations with some weekend operation um, kind of after Winterfest, I guess, they didn't have much of a downtime anyways because they were closed from like January, I think reopening and February, March. really. February? Yeah. Was it? So you're yeah, only they, last uh, weeks. Yeah, this year, Carowinds, I think, opened like the first weekend of March, like March 6th or something like that. So oh. I, I think that's a great idea. I, I love it. Why not? Like, you know, if there's, there's enough population to support it, especially Carowinds. I think like it opens up if people are in town for whatever reason in Charlotte in January and February, it just opens up you know, coaster trips there. Um, interested about King's Dominion though, because King's Dominion has been in a weird place in the Cedar Fair world for a long time. And everyone always says like, oh, it doesn't do good as Bush Gardens Willenberg. doesn't do this, blah, blah. But I feel like it's like when I visited, it's kind of the park of locals. Like Bush Gardens Williamsburg is not the park of locals. It's the part, a park of tourists from New York going to see Colonial Williamsburg and and seeing like, oh, there's a tree because New Yorkers can't see, don't ever see a tree. So, <laughs> whereas shots friggin' fired. True, it's what New Yorkers do. Literally, New Yorkers go on trips to see trees. Like, I'm not even joking. New Yorkers, comment down below or 
Well, actually, don't 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 perceive me. But they actually go on trips to see trees, and they go to Williamsburg. So, anyways, <laughs> King's Dominion for me sounds like I've always heard for, is like the park of locals. Like if you live in um, Northern Virginia, Central Virginia, like that's the park they go to. And I think um, keeping it open longer makes sense for the locals. But it's always been kind of in the last couple of years, it's just been in a weird place for Cedar Fair. So I'm a little surprised they they also did that um, for King's Dominion. I think there might have been a lot of pressure from Bush Gardens since they recently went to that year-round operation. But um, I think regardless, Kings Dominion, probably Carowinds, you're going to lose some weekends in there too. So, like, you're going to have mm-hmm. some weather weekends of, like, oh, it fucking snowed this weekend. Or, hey, it's uh, a hurricane all weekend. Like, let's go ahead and close the park. But that's, that's I mean, if you're doing, like, winter fest or holiday in the park, it's the same thing. So, I mean, why not extend it? I wonder if there'll be – events that come with this i don't know if that's well, a be, thing or not that'd be great because february's mardi gras and they parks like part year-round parks like to do like mardi gras mm-hmm. celebrations i know bush gardens williamsburg did something like that and then um yeah i think that i think there'll be something to draw people in like a food festival kind of like how the epcot food and wine festival started to get people to come in in september and october when those are generally slower months in um at disney world so i can see them definitely doing something i think that's it I think it's an interesting idea i uh I, I would be very down to go and because like most coasters can't operate under 30 degrees right or 32 degrees i think that's what the Something limit like is so and i don't yeah and i can see that being an issue at king's dominion but not quite as much at, at carowinds there will be weekends at carowinds i think that it happens but uh mm-hmm. but still i mean i think carowinds also would close faster in a sleep yes than like king's yeah. dominion would they're very sensitive to wind. When I was there, it was so beautiful. It was like 24 degrees Celsius or 73, 74 degrees Fahrenheit, but it was windy up at the top. So both um, Fury and Intimidator were closed. And I was just like, oh, so thankfully the next day, and this was March 17th. This was St. Patrick's Day weekend. It was equally as beautiful the next day, but there wasn't as much wind. So it was like, we got all day rides on Fury, which was nice. But yeah, it's, you know, if that's that beautiful in March, like, I would, I'm sure people would go um, and ride like 10 degree or 50 degree rides in February. Let's go to a place that won't have to worry about weather at all. They'll have another type of problem called capacity. Uh, Skyline Attractions announced that they're going to be opening inside of a mu- an art museum, basically a kiddie coaster. And this kiddie coaster is going to have one person ride an hour. That's the capacity because I guess art um, doesn't isn't supposed to be functional. <laughs> but I uh, want to hear what you guys' thoughts are on this. This is going to be one per hour, so I don't know the operating times, but you might be looking at, on a good day, 10, 10 riders a day. Um, what are your thoughts on the art installation of a kiddie coaster? Functional coaster, but one person can ride an hour. I saw this. This is the one in that uh, Massachusetts museum, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this looks really cool. And I, I, is it actually one ride or an hour though? Because yeah. I know it's just got the one seat, and RCB says one ride an hour. But like, no, surely every, every they're going to make every that report go. says every report says there's going to be one an hour. We don't know how it's going to be selected yet, but it is going to be okay. You're going to run it one time an hour for art purposes. So this truly may be like the most exclusive coaster credit out there. Now my question is, does Rob from TPR get on this thing? 
I think Rob gets uh, gets to film a POV before the the attraction opens. What do you think? Yeah, or like amusement force and the guys over there, whoever runs that page, like surely all of them would get on there. You'd think. Yeah, that's just a, that's just an email to a PR person. Or is this just one of those real pretentious artist kind of things? And it's like, no, we don't do any like promotions or any of this kind of stuff. It's really like on the ground and raw. Yeah, that might be a thing. The, the artist might know. not want a POV. This could be the first coaster without POV. You're a genius, Logan. Is it one? I have a question yeah. before I go. Is it one rider and the ride is 60 minutes? Like the full ride is 60 minutes? Or like <laughs> the ride is like, or is the, I'm just, I, just, I don't know. Or is the ride like really short and then they just close it? They say, fuck it, we're closing it for 55 minutes. Like, it, what it's is a the, kiddie coaster. That thing is uh, 30 seconds tops. Okay, so truly someone rides it and then they're done like it's it, the, the ride shut down for 57 minutes everybody just hangs out in the art gallery watches the one person ride the kitty coaster probably hang out for it so maybe that's the strategy but yeah okay and it, it's supposed to resemble like a backyard coaster like mm-hmm. like some hillbilly you know in indiana built this backyard coaster and even the supports are kind of like they're supposed to they look kind of janky like wooden like somebody just built it in their backyard um so yeah. interesting very interesting um i i know some enthusiasts uh i think one person in our discord will be there on opening day <laughs> oh <God. laughs> um, i am worried i'm gonna be honest i'm worried that the enthusiasts are gonna show up and just beg or like try to pay somebody off do anything to try to get this uh credit okay what's the over under on enthusiasts wearing coaster shirts getting kicked out of this mall by security like we're talking forcibly removed because they are causing a scene in an art museum. Once a week. I might go over on that one. Yeah, I would say, I mean, <laughs> I would, I can see someone who, for example, has the, you know, how everyone loves wants like state or province completion for coaster credits. I can see someone who has Massachusetts <laughs> coaster completion right now and that opening and them losing their shit like being like like them traveling like from wherever they live going there and not getting it and like have like actually losing it there's there like i i can just see it so somewhere out there there's so many jokes and skits to be made over that premise i love it imagine being that guy in oregon it's like like his his main life goal is to ride every coaster in every state and he's like no Mm -hmm. one an hour what (laughs) You know, he like two two years ago, whatever he did, like every coaster in New England. I know coasters really open in New England since then. And now he's like, "Fuck!" Like I have to get like it's like poor like just on like I can just imagine about like Expedia, Portland to Boston, <laughs> just like just like try to get things. It's like just first class on JetBlue or some shit like that. Just try to get there and, and like, not you, getting it. Do you like need a membership to the museum too? Like, what's the entrance fee or even the process to even become? like said one person in an hour like i feel yeah, like you got a better working. chance to get into freaking i don't know willy wonka's chocolate factory than on this thing <laughs> <laughs> it's true oh god I, I think it's gonna be a shit show i think if, I, if i'm trying to get the credit there's no way i'm going to that there's no way i'm going to oh, the museum I, i'm excited this is the crap i love to see in the community just absolute <laughs> chaos that just puts coaster boys in just shambles i love it I'm just going to wait for it to go into like a random FEC in Ohio um, and then I'll write it then. 
you know what it's going to be? You know, it's going to be it's going to be a TikTok trend. Like, you know, it's going to be some of the green <laughs> behind it. And they're going to be like, did you know there's a coaster just outside of Boston, Massachusetts? That's only one rider per hour. Link in caption for more. But it's right. Uh, do you think you can go on this ride? Like, I can just see that being yeah. like a TikTok thing and, and just, just being like, just a, like a TikTok click- idea. I was yeah. going to say, Costa Bro, I think you might need to hire Mitch here to help you out with the socials. I love his ideas here. I'm absolutely doing that TikTok. <laughs> I am. Oh, my God. Please do. I am so close to downloading TikTok. It's not even funny. I've never been on it. <laughs> like, people have been sending it to me, and I'm like, fuck, I could do something really funny with this. Like, I could do it. but That's the main character in you, just, like, uh, I know. rearing and ready to go. So close to downloading TikTok. I've never heard anybody say that. <laughs> it's, it's literally, it's, too, it's a click, click. <laughs> It's, it's just like don't want to. My my life is already consumed by work and Instagram, so like I need to like pick one or the other. And so if TikTok becomes my work, just say fuck it to my job. Peace. Just kidding. <laughs> For legal reasons, that's a joke. Just kidding. <laughs> Peace. I could uh, become a TikToker and then I could be on TikTok and Instagram. But until I get TikTok famous, I will have to be at a job. All right. Spoken We're gonna like go to- a true millennial. Hmm. Let's go to Disney World. Uh, I don't know if any guys, I haven't been to any of the water parks down there before, but I know about Blizzard Beach, which is like this very unique IP of some gator dude. Um, AJ um, from Zero Coach Remaining would be shouting. He's probably shouting right now because um, I don't remember the name of the ga- the gator. Um, I've been to Blizzard Beach and I don't even know the name of the gator. It's his favorite. I thought Blizzard it's- Beach was a ski resort. It Not is. Blizzard Beach. <laughs> Well, yeah, kind of. the The theme of it, Logan, is uh, well. The theme of it is yeah. The theme of it is what? there was a a, a a a freak snowstorm in Florida, and all of the snow is melting, and it's become a water park. That's the theme of Blizzard Beach. Oh, yeah. okay. That may why alligators though. Because the Florida Gator uh, is skiing. It's funny because on DisneyFandom.com, his name is literally Ice Gator, and they call him. Or ice for short. So, oh, there you go. but uh, got a Disney Blizzard Beach. He's ice is a Floridian alligator which came to inhabit the hastily built ski resort of Blizzard Beach, built after a freak snowstorm hit Florida. When the resort began melting, the gator gleefully took up the water skiing lo- at the locale and crashed through the roof of the nearby beach house. Yes, I do know this theme. The event inspires the resort owners to transform Blizzard Beach into a sort of water park resort. Yeah. I stand by just screw snow as a theme. Anyway, continue with the news here. I completely right. just sidetracked this. My bad, y'all. Little, yeah, that's what you do, man. It's okay. Uh. Yeah, I'm a mess. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, this is a. So the idea here is that Frozen has been kind of naturally, because they do close seasonally. Um, they keep one water park open, close the other seasonally for like maintenance. And, you know, it's the down oh. season for. So okay. they've reopened, and now they have this frozen um, area of the park. So you're going to have frozen characters with a, you, you know, when um, the big the big old snowman sneezes, and those tiny adorable snowmen come out of his nose. Mm-hmm. They're all yeah. over the kitty area. You've got Anna and Elsa and Olaf in there. Just want to hear your thoughts on it. Is this a, um, you know, are we happy for them? Is that a, a great integration of theming? Or are we emotionally attached to Ice Gator now that we know about him? We just found out about him 10 seconds ago. Like, is he, like, are we, 
Because most Disney fans are pissed when the original stuff goes. So, like, where are you guys at right now? I don't know. Capitalism will always succeed, and that's exactly what bringing in all these IPs is. So, I don't know. To be expected, I guess. But, you know, charming <laughs> stuff like Ice Skater and whatnot, like, yeah, cool, sure. But, I mean, change is inevitable. Why get frustrated at it, especially if it's Disney? <laughs> Logan, you sounded like one of those, like, millennials on Tumblr in 2013 who were just, like, you know, they had, like, like them, like the beanie on and, like, the really thick glasses and the rolled-up pants at the bottom and, like, with a cigarette being, like... <laughs> Life is meaningless. Capitalism is taking over our world. Why don't you just process the regression of the <laughs> viewpoints of all of our open-mindedness and closed-mindedness? Just like that. Sorry, Logan, that's what you sound yeah, like. Life is meaningless. Death is inevitable. Existence yes, is that's a, Yes, that's what you sounded yeah. like. Just just want to point that out. I'm sorry. No, for, I, for I know the reference you're going for there. Um, <laughs> I personally think that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm fine. I mean, it's a perfect integration of the theme. It's not like a forced thing. I don't think, um, it's so small. It's not like they're re-theming all of Blizzard Beach. And also at the same time, are people really attached to Blizzard Beach? Like, do people really think like, don't touch my Blizzard Beach? Like in, I went in 2001 and had a great time. I, I like, I, I, I don't know of anyone who's like really attached to it. Um, quaking over freaking splash country and that killed people. Yeah, River Country. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't even freaking know. I'll just shut up. I grew up going to Blizzard Beach, and I went again in 2018, and it's very fine. Like, it's a very fine water park. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really near neither here nor there. If it brings more people in for Disney, good for them. Yep. All right, let's let's go to Texas. Uh, Joyland Park announced about a month ago. It's like, hey, uh, this is a park in like West Texas. Kind of in the middle of nowhere, kind of close to Jason Aldean saying uh, Amarillo Sky. I think it's close to that song um, is where this park might be. Um, yeah, it's not, it smells like poop out there is all I, all I know. But um, Joyland Park announced about a month ago that they are closing. Um, the owners were retiring and they didn't have anybody to buy. So they're uh, peacing out. So this park's kind of known for some classic old school coasters, kind of like traveling type. Um, I wouldn't say the park is a fair, but it kind of feels like a, a permanent. I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys have heard of uh, Little America. Oh yeah, kind of like a lot of like fair type rides, but still old school. Joyland kind of had that as well, and um, they announced about a month ago that they were closing, but they have a buyer. There's like a local business person that's going to be buying the park. The people that own it are going to be helping them through this first year of operation um, and working at the park for that. Um, but a park that was almost dead was saved at the last second. Like Gene Staples 2.0 of Indiana Beach? Very much like that, but not Gene Staples. Just like some local people. Just I guess random. he was local too, though. He was random at the time. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he's from Chicago. Because I think he started this venture by because he grew up He's in from Chicago, but grew up going there. Now, yeah. all of a sudden, there's the Gene Staples Empire. Like, Ni- I am so excited to go to the Niagara Park next year because it's, like, another home park for me with a Schwarzkopf shuttle loop. So excited. But anyways, love it. I, I think I-, I like it. I think that the fact that um, the the new buyer or the the sellers were basically like, well, we're retiring no matter what. They were going to close it. And the fact that someone local, you know, stepped in the last minute to save it was great. The love that they're keeping on the owners to help operate the park. Um 
yeah, it's always nice to see that a park doesn't um, that a park doesn't close, and and hopefully that the local business owner will keep up that kind of small local feel. Maybe even with some new additions if they want to bring some more people. And it's you said it's in Amarillo, or where is it? It's uh, it's like West Texas. Like, um, so I've, I've actually looked at this park and like before they announced the closure, I was like, I want to get out here because there's like a trio of parks there. You've got um, Joyland. You've got another little park out there. I forget the name. I want to say Wonderland is in the name, maybe. Um, oh, it's in Lubbock. Yeah, so it's kind of like in between Amarillo oh, yes. and Albuquerque, I believe. Yeah, it is. It's like halfway between Dallas and Albuquerque. There you go. It's 2,400 kilometers away from me. I really don't care. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to be blunt. Could have closed. Whoa. It's a tiny place with crappy old rides is what I'm hearing. If you Quaint, live local in Lubbock, charm, Texas, cool, whatever. fuck you. Fuck you if you live in Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that place specifically. Yeah. We have a lot of Lubbock, Texas listeners. So, <laughs> Honestly, just all of Texas. Screw Not anymore. Texas. Not anymore. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm excited because uh, a park is not closing, and this is, um, you know, that with that area of the world only having like three amusement parks and all of them being pretty small. I love that this park is still open because it makes it more likely for me to go to that area than just having two that are kind of wide apart. I don't know if it's a good trip unless I have the three three parks down there. So I'm yeah. excited for it. Apple watches, ever heard of them? No iPhones. No. So these little guys with the new uh, new iPhone that came out with the new operating system are detecting on roller coasters car crashes, car crashes, and they're calling nine one one with people on the roller coasters. What the watches? Yeah. So what like, can you all do on a watch now? Well, it can detect crashes. So if you're like, if you're on the fucking voyage, you're calling nine one one eighty seven times. How does it detect a car crash, though, instead of me just, like, having a dance party in my bedroom swinging my arms around? Like, what's the detector there? And you're moving so fast when you're on the roller coaster, too. Oh, so it's, like, detecting the watches moving quickly. A little bit of a GPS thing, probably. Yeah. Um, Why do we need this technology, though? To save lives? How many people are going to get in a car crash with an Apple Watch? That this is a useful no, feature. It's, Me every time also, I drive with one. It also if you have your regular phone on you. Like they're only saying it's coasters mostly because not everyone takes their phone on coasters, but everyone takes oh, their so phone. Oh, so it's just an Apple thing. It's not just yeah. a watch thing. No, it's 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 an Apple thing. It's with the new iPhone and if you have the watch. So oh, the okay. main the main issue is because most people wear their watch on coasters still, and that's where where it's coming. Because usually what happens is what what the idea is is if you just have your phone in the car with you, or you have your watch too, you have both or neither, or both or one or the other. Um, you're hitting if you hit something or you're in a car crash, it'll call nine one one without you having to like dial it or say anything. Okay. Like you can just you can just say that. So. Um, and then I've heard also as well, if you're on a coaster that does allow loose articles or if you put it in a zipper pocket or whatever, your phone is also calling 911 even if you don't have an Apple Watch on it. Like I know people with those lovely cargo shorts that's been doing that. So, yeah. Okay. See, they've spoken like a true person with one of those Hawiwi phones. Yeah, the great. Huawei's? The Huawei's. Oh. Yeah. No, I, I refuse um, to ever go Apple. Sorry. That, that's They're so fine. convenient. I agree. Yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> they're just so user-friendly anyway yeah, that's ridiculous 
Like I took a picture on my phone the other day and it was on my laptop. It was crazy. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, Great. Anyway, you go, Mitch. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, are we moving on from roasting no, no, Logan? You go, for not you, go an you just go. Ignore okay. me for a little bit. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. So, anyways, about roasting Logan without an apple. Let's just get really dive into that. Just kidding. Um, Freaking shoe geeks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's an interesting feature, but like, who, how did it get through the design phase with no one thinking about a roller coaster? That's my question. Like, I think, like, maybe it did and maybe they just thought, well, it's just going to happen and it'll, it's worth it to save lives. Or, like, I don't know how that how that didn't happen because they had to think – it depends on the sensitivity of it, but they had to have think that – thought that many millions and millions of people will be riding roller coasters with the watch or maybe even potentially with the phone in their pocket. Like, yeah. I think everyone rides rock and roller coaster with their phone in their pocket because Disney doesn't give a shit about loose articles. So, um, yeah, I think it's interesting, but I really hope they kind of fine-tune that because I, I have the iPhone 14 on the way here. It's, all, it's, it's on the way here now, so I'm like – I'm riding, like going to Disneyland and riding a credit coaster. Like I don't want it to call 911. As someone who has called 911 on a roller coaster in Texas, shockingly enough, I don't want to have to go through that again. Let me tell you. Uh, I will say um, airplane mode. You got to go airplane mode. And you got to think there's got to be some sort of update coming as like roller coaster mode or like they just like they fix it. You know, there's got to be something. Yeah. So again, more pointless technology. You need a roller coaster mode just to use your phone and your watch. I'm sorry. Roller coaster mode would be kind of cool. Shut up, Logan. We don't. We don't. Go get an apple. You know what? Make me. You actively invited me on here. You got the power to kick me off at any time. I will call your bluff. And Logan is off the show. It's now the Mitch and Coaster Bro show. Yeah. Oh my oh, God. Wow. So Taylor great. Swift. Let's go. <laughs> so how shit was midnight? <laughs> I agree. We'll save that was, for another episode. Uh, I think I yeah. I was gonna say I think um, Caleb, we should definitely talk about Taylor Swift in the future at some kind. I would really like to dive yeah, into yeah. that in the future with you. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you're, you know, not at a dance party every freaking weekend, uh, we can do that. <laughs> Making all the friends, let me tell you. I believe it. All right, back to the news. Um, SeaWorld Orlando has announced the Pipeline Surf Coaster, the next generation of stand-up coasters. For some reason, you're facing forward on the surf coaster. We're going to look past that. What are you guys' thoughts on uh, SeaWorld Orlando adding, I guess, I think it's their seventh coaster now? Um, They're just adding coasters like crazy around there. I and also I think important to add too that the reason it's the surf coaster is because the the seat or not really the seat that you're on but kind of like the 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 thing you brace yourself on bobs up and down with you. So unlike a an old stand up coaster where that thing you put between your legs and it really really it your balls. Yeah, I was going to say it wasn't a fun a fun time for people who had external genitalia. Um, that did not uh, it did not vibe well, and so so um, I think it's an interesting idea. I really wonder how it's going to be in practice, but I kind of vibe with the fact that SeaWorld Orlando was like, "Fuck it, we're going to do it." You know, like even though they're like kind of like rebuilding their thing, like Icebreaker, I think was a cool addition, but it wasn't like revolutionary. But I so I think it's like cool that they were like, you know what? Let's let's do it. Why not? Like fuck it. I don't know. Like, let's, let's try this, see how it works out. They already have like a, such a solid lineup that I think it was kind of cool for them to take a, 
an initiative like this. I definitely want to try the new stand-up. I've never been, unfortunately, on the Togo or Intamin stand-up, so I've only ever been on the B&M ones. I miss both the Togo and Intamin ones. They they actually had one of each here in Canada, mm. Intamin at La Ronde and Togo here in, in Wonderland. But um, yeah, I'm down. I'm, I love I love when people take risks. Hey, and we're looking at Coaster Capital of Orlando now. They're 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 kind of announcing it, and it's kind of I think it's believable now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, one big criticism from Thuzies, uh, especially with little kids, I think they're at like five coasters with a fifty-two inch height requirement, which is incredibly high. That is about as high as it gets for a coaster. Um, so I mean, if you're a family, the family draws. I still got to work on that. I guess don't break kids' legs on a icebreaker, and it'd be a little bit better. But that could be like the animal. The animal aspect might be what's growing in families for now. Like I think maybe their view is the fact that the that the animals held in captivity are enough to bring animals because it's kind of the only major aquatic park in the region. True. So I think that might be enough to bring families that and 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 because that was a criticism of them for a long time is that there wasn't enough to bring in teenagers young adults that sort of thing because like especially after the blackfish controversy so controversy so maybe they're taking the time now to add more i think icebreaker kind of like what you alluded at was supposed to be kind of like a family edition and then they kind of then there was like a big whoopsie and now it's not (laughs) so maybe that's what they're just continuing to focus on just to build up because i think after pipeline that they'll have a solid extreme lineup so i think they might actually after this go back to a bit more of a, a family or, or kids edition and i do want to point out that this coaster was definitely in the progress of uh construction before that accident so i mean yeah. they were probably oh we got oh no we don't we don't have icebreaker but you exactly. do have a you also have sesame sesame street there so i mean you're pulling yeah. in something you're pulling in some like family element there i'd say there also isn't a big there also isn't a big, big like stepping stone coaster though between the kitty coaster in the Sesame Place and Journey to Atlantis. Unfortunately, like I would, that's what I would say is like kind of the two, the lowest end of the extreme and the highest end of that. There isn't like that middle ground where you have like, um, like a, even like a Hagrid's, for example, or like you know something that's like that's sort of like in like the higher, uh, higher kids age, like an eight and nine year old sort of thing. Um, I was an extreme kid though, like by eight or nine, I was riding the Hulk, but, uh, I think it'd be, I think it might be fun. Or if they have something like slinky dog, like something, I think that's what they were hoping for icebreakers to have like a slinky dog style. So maybe that might be coming. Maybe. I can't wait to see it. Cause if that park had it, uh, you know, maybe a dark ride or two to replace the penguin ride. Um, I think between that, maybe a family coaster or two, which I mean, the way SeaWorld's going, that could be the next five years, you know? That can be um, pretty interesting to see. Yeah, I agree. I love the investments. Last bit of news to react to. Intamin came out with a video. Ooh, teased it that for their for the IAPA Expo. They just went ahead and announced early, get people excited about it, which is kind of a fun move because um, usually you wait till the Expo to announce these things. But there is now going to be a vertical launch function offered by Intamin. So in the video, they show a straight-up launch, just like vertically, where you're just rolling into it. It's like, oh, yep, we're launching up completely fast. And then they also have the ability to kind of make it like a lift hill speed, kind of think of like a Maverick-type first launch, uh, maybe at that speed, just kind of casually going up a lift hill and over the crest. 
Uh, a lot of nerds are excited about this. Um, where did your guys' minds go to? I don't know. Vertical launch. So we're talking like almost uh, whatever that one at Lagoon is, where it actually launches up the vertical bit. That's, that's yeah. It's kind of like that, yeah. So um, do we like stall at the bottom and it launches us up like a rocket? Or is it just you roll in and it goes zoop? They announced both. Could be a... Um, yeah. Okay. It's really just the the technology to be able to launch you up a vertical spike. I I mean, interesting. Sounds like a maintenance nightmare and it'll be down a ton, but hopefully they can refine it within the next few years and it works. I don't know why I'm taking all the pessimist angle here today, but I'm an asshole, Logan. It's fine. Logan, <laughs> I get that Calgary beat the riders and they're out of the playoffs. I get it, I get it, but you don't have to drag that through the whole episode. It is what it is. <laughs> what do you um, think, Mitch? What do you got? I actually, I agree with you, Logan. I That's a similar thought I had was Wicked at Lagoon. Was I was like, isn't that kind of the same thing? But I guess it kind of launches you before that. Mm. And I guess I'm also thinking of Skyrocket at Kennywood, too, where it launches you before and then it goes up. There's no vertical launch on Skyrocket. It's a launch and then you go up a vertical thing. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking of like, it wasn't sort of the, yeah, sort of the, I was thinking of the style of of Coaster for that. And I love Skyrocket at Kennywood. So um, I'd be interested to see if, like, I didn't watch the whole video. I only really saw the start of it. Like, what's the after effect of that? What was that, sorry? Uh, That's all you really need to see. Um, Honestly, the way the video was set up, um, a lot of nerds are desperate for an answer for Top Thrill Dragster. Oh, shit. Um, and, I mean, it twists at the top, but I think you get enough speed up of that. Um, I don't think that's <laughs> what's happening, but good on Intamin to throw that out there to be like, because from what I hear, I think uh, Intamin's got their hands off of Dragster. So it might be the ultimate troll move out of Intamin to be like, hey, we have this technology that could have worked on Dragster. Um, you know, suck it. <laughs> it. That is a good, that is a good move. It, it's very interesting. I like it. What I'd be worried about is like something like, like where there's like a break at the top. That's what I would be worried about where it's like a one trick pony where it's like launches you up and you're like, yeah, yeah. And then you get to the top and you crest and there's a break. And I'm like, that's what I'd be worried about. Cause exactly. And I, I think of that, I think of skyrocket for that same reason. Like in the front, it's sick because you get like launched out, but in like every other row, it's like not quite as good. So, yeah, I'd be interested to see, like, what that goes to. I'd be cool if that, like, goes up and then it goes into something else. Because I can see if for if that really stupid park in Saudi Arabia is ever going to be built with that, like, huge, <laughs> yeah. that coaster, like, world's tallest, fastest, longest coaster. Under construction, like, it's happening. Exactly. Like, I can see Intamin, like, I can see them throwing something like this in there, like, to try and get, like, maybe in the middle of the ride to be, like, just when you think it's over, it's like, Boom. I, I don't know how I feel about it. I think I think there's going to be more downtime out of that stuff than anything. But I also think uh, there's some cool technology there for future coasters. Um, think of like a like a NASA themed coaster could be pretty badass. Yeah, I don't know uh, what it costs to partner with NASA these days. But. You could also 
think of it. I'm thinking of the opposite. You could also have the LSMs going down. So you know how in um you know how in um uh Mr. Freeze the LIMs kind of at the top they kind of push you up and they push you down a little bit. Yeah. You could do something like that where it's like either you do a back and forth and it pushes you down, or you do like a train coaster like um time traveler and you'll go out of the station instead of just doing gravity. You also get that extra little push. I feel like that'd be that would be a really wild feeling to like faster than gravity falling yeah that'd be pretty insane <laughs> yeah all right well that's the news thanks for reacting to it guys there's a lot of news and um logan you were you were really pessimistic through all of it but um you know maybe it's just where you're at your headspace right now um is this when we start talking about trauma i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no we're leaving that behind with the old prairie coast thing we're, okay. we're past that we have grown we're just i i don't know like i said i'm very much have left the coaster stuff behind a little bit. So some of these things, it's like, okay, it just doesn't have practicality to my life. But I'm happy for you guys. We got we to gotta look back. The, the, the season one finale for Coaster Cuzzies, the end of Prairie Coasting. It's time to look back and reminisce a little bit. And um, got a few questions that I've prepared for us all. And let's, let's start with Prairie Coasting. And you guys can just reminisce. Take as long as you need to talk about the good times, the bad times, and everything. But I guess we could start with, what was your guys' favorite moment of the show that you produced at Prairie Coasting? Favorite moments of the show. Mitch, you got any off the top of your head here? Um, I really liked a lot of guest episodes. We had, I had a lot of fun with those. I loved having you on, Coaster Bro. I loved having Jeff on, um, Josh, Dan, all all of our favorites. I think that really kind of added a lot of like not 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 just like excitement to the episode, but also excitement to like the day, like the the day to day of of pandemic life. Um, but I also love there was some moments, Logan. I, I can't think of anything like specific off the top of my head where we'd just be like so in sync and we would like say the same thing or or laugh at the same thing or realize we had like I think there was like an episode where we realized we had like even though we had very different upbringings, we had like very similar childhoods. Like we did very similar things. We watched very similar shows. Like we we had the similar vacations. Like there there was like that. So that that definitely stands out as like a funny moment. And I think a lot of that ties into what we were talking about earlier which is the show was a form of escape and it was a form of like you know figuring out who we were figuring out who how to navigate a scary time like that all those are all my favorite moments when it, it really dug deep like that and we got a lot of laughs out of that and I came away from recording way happier and way more energized than when we started it so that's uh, I would say a summary of my favorite moment or moments yeah, I don't really have any standalone moments myself either. I'd say like there's so many ones packed in there, but just kind of generally, like you said, the ones where we walked away from the recordings feeling happier than we did before, because, you know, it served a purpose earlier on in the podcast where we just made sure we got one out every week. But there were some weeks, man, where we just were not having it. We walked out. It's like, I feel even more exhausted than when we started. But, you know, through that, we grew and started to find ourselves a little bit, um, like a couple episodes that really stand out to me are a couple of the newer ones. Like that one where we were going on our little rambles about the cup song, U.S. nationalism, oh. fun spot. Oh. oh, that was a controversial episode. Had a drop of listenership after that one. <laughs> but the cup song. Oh, I. Well, that was a great one. That was amazing. Is that yeah, the one that's on get... like um, 
what's the show? What's the movie? The Pitch Perfect. Movie? Yeah. I think I did it live on the show no, once. No, you very much you did do it live on the show twice. Oh, good. Okay, good. I'm glad to know. I'm glad to hear. That was my favorite thumbnail I ever made, too, because I took Fred Grubb with the construction hat on and slapped the mega logo on him and then had Anna Kendrick all, like, on the other side. <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually so bad, but so funny. <laughs> Am I wrong, though? <laughs> anyway, we're going to keep politics off this. I'm not here to just tank Coaster Cuzzies. The other one that I thoroughly enjoyed was episode 60. We're, uh, that was my favorite title of all the episodes. Forgive us, Dolly, for we have sinned. And I that took you a, to confession. That was one of my favorites all time. That was a good, that was a good episode inspired by this candle, which Tally and I did light when um, when uh, <laughs> she was here. It was the first time I'd ever lit, lit it, but that was a fantastic episode, the Forgive Us, Dolly, We Have Sinned. Yeah, oddly enough, that was actually our third highest episode, like in terms of analytics too. So, like, it, it went to show beyond roller coasters, people enjoyed just us being ourselves towards the end. And I think that was the coolest part about doing the whole podcast in the end is the little community we created, and then obviously the massive overlap that we had over here with the Cuzzies. It's it's wild to see our little niche area of the internet and the people that we all kind of uh, got together. So yeah, at least that's kind of my favorite things of this. Um, you're equally here though coaster bro like celebrating the end of your first season here so what would you say is some of your favorite stuff that uh you guys did oh my gosh look back on two and a half years <laughs> i think some of my favorite stuff I, th- I think starting the show with theme park stud and that energy of just like excitement of starting because i think one of the hardest things about a podcast is actually just starting because like it's so easy to sharpen the axe and sharpen the axe and you know, in two months, we're going to start the show and sharpen the axe. And then so many podcasts don't start. <laughs> so like just starting was cool. And um, even those early days of like trying to see like, um, you know, kind of bringing in some of my my friends and my cousins that like, you know, originally the cousins were a group of friends of just like before the podcast started. So like seeing who would be interested and in kind of playing with that um, was a lot of fun and figuring it out. Um, but one of my favorite episodes, actually, um, so there was a time in the show where th- uh, Theme Park Stud, I was like after December of last year, I was like, hey, I've got a lot going on. I need to take like a month off. And it was like right after I committed to like, we're doing a weekly show because <laughs> we used to be bi-weekly. And I asked one of my funniest friends ever, uh, Brian Moppin, who uh, used to work at Worlds of Fun with me. And... And then I was just like, let me get two creators I just love who will just like do weird shit. So I hit up Coaster Angela and AJ who just like make awesome content. But like if it's going to go weird, like let's fucking go down the weird corner. And I fucking loved it because uh, Brian came with these scrambler facts and this whole backstory of like how scramblers were created. And it was so wacky. And he just like 30 minutes of content of him just having the story <laughs> of and we did this draft of um, um, coaster mascots. And it was just the silliest, dumbest show. And I had so much fun with it because it was just so off the wall and so weird. And creatively, um, you know, I was just like, let me just get some talents together that I think would be good in a room. And it was fun. So those are some of my favorite moments. Uh, Mitch, also having you on for the, the, the Canada portion of the road trip, you brought a whole new element to that show. And like it was a blast. Yeah, and you came in with like all these facts about the city and stuff, and it was like, 
Yeah, I can't keep up with that. This is fucking awesome that we got Mitch on here. <laughs> it it was great. I mean, I think we we talked about this um, offline, Coaster Bro, but like I think it, especially in Toronto, less so in Montreal, but also in Montreal. Like I felt like I was kind of welcoming you guys into my home. Like I was showing you, or like it felt like I was virtually showing you around the city because we did talk about Wonderland, but also the food, the culture, the people, the sights, the nuances of the city. Like it felt like I was on a travel show, but it also felt like I was showing you around virtually and it, it was really great. I, I was really, really happy to to do that and be a part of it. And we got to joke about the glory hole, which um, I think <laughs> yeah. probably Jeff's favorite part of the show, chef Jeff. So, Oh yeah. He freaking loved it. I did <laughs> go to glory hole donuts this summer and it was very good. Yes. I, I, I understand. Yeah. And then <laughs> Logan, of course it was also awesome having you on for the two shows. You might be one of the sweetest people I know. Um, so just having you on the show and, and, um, uh, talking through different experiences, having you on the 69 questions, mm-hmm. um, my first guest on that and, um, talk about an exhausting series I did, but the one with yeah, you no was, was personally my favorite. So, oh, that's cause you just hit me up. She's like, yeah, I need to get something up on the feed. I have an idea that I was kind of tinkering with where it's like the Vogue hundred questions, but we're going to make it 69 questions. Okay, 72. My apologies. So we're going to giggle about um, 69 instead. <laughs> yeah, you're like, but the premise is all you have to do is just say nice and giggle every time I say 69. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just do the questions on the spot and just improv the entire thing. And I, I don't know. I loved it because listening back to it, I'm like, clearly this is very rough. <laughs> just <laughs> Sunday afternoon improv from two guys who did not take drama lessons. But that was the beauty to it. And it really just, you know, it set the tone for the series. And I don't know. I think it was a good way you retired it last week here with uh, Drew and your by far most overproduced one. So glad yeah. you uh, snipped that before you devoted your entire life to those 69 questions. Yes. And uh, I feel like I should address 69 questions with you guys. Because I did announce with the Top Thrill Dragster episode last episode. Um, but we are getting rid of that um, for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons is, holy shit, it took a lot to produce. Um, overly edited, just like there's a lot of creative energy that went into it. And that creative energy usually took like a whole Saturday with some Sunday. So uh, your boy, man, I can't be editing all that time. And the second thing is 69 is a very funny question or a very funny number um, and very fun to laugh about. But um, as a married man reaching out to like, you know, a female to ask if she wants to answer 69 questions, a little bit uncomfortable. So um, kind of moving forward with the show, um, I want a little bit more inclusivity than um, people that I'm comfortable asking if they want to answer 69 questions with. So that's, that's kind of why I'm moving on from that, that series. I, I think that's a fair corner to turn. Yeah, it's it was a fun little thing. And also, Logan, circling back to yours, I listened to your guys's. It did. It honestly sounded like you guys had practice. Like I, I know maybe from you guys because you guys didn't – You guys. No, but like for me, like I listened to it, I was like, that was good. What the hell? That was that was really good. So I I gotta say, it's it sounded better than you think, Logan. Oh, I'm glad because I was just speaking out my ass that entire episode with everything we did. It was so good. I don't think anybody that recorded that episode um felt good about it when they stopped recording, but then when they listened to it, they're like, oh shit, it came together. Because every, the whole if I posted the raw audio of all those. Yeah. atrocious just some of the worst podcasting you'd ever listen to you have to edit it together because it's just how how it had to be um but yeah it, it pulled together 
fun. And there was like this corniness and creativity. And like, I think the listener really leaned into, um, yeah, this is corny and silly, but I'm in. So that was, um, that was kind of a fun element of it that I think I will miss. So what was the uh, highest listened episode of Prairie Coasting? Already, I will pull up the analytics. Our biggest episode was actually the most recent one, but I think that's just because we took like, what, a six, seven month hiatus right when we said we were about to get busy again. So like it was, summer. so people just kept like, where's Prairie Coasting? I guess I'll yeah. listen I think to the that's latest what episode. Because it, it has a good portion of views more than our next one. Because uh, Shockwave Dan actually just carried the title of that all the way up until this last one. His first episode was the most. And when we recorded with him again, Shockwave Dan spills it over Texas to you. Like, yeah, he constantly carried the numbers. Forgive us, Dolly, for we have sinned is up there. And then, oddly enough, the longest episode featuring Jeff. But I think that's probably because it was three hours long and people had to re-download it a couple times to finish it. <laughs> so well, I'll give you the constellation price, three, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff's going to love that, actually. Yeah. No, he definitely uh, should. That was a fun one to do, and it took forever to record. So it, I'm glad it, it came was, out together and people liked it. I was so hot. It was like the hottest day of 2021. And I turned my air conditioning off, and I was boiling. So now I record with the air conditioning on, and I was like, I don't give a fuck about fans. But it was very fun. What I loved about the Chef Jeff episode is um, Chef, uh, Chef Jeff is literally the, the the sweetest person I've ever met in person. Like... It's fantastic. And then you two are both just Canadians who are, who are sweet by nature and not American. So listening to the three of you just, just I guess, sweeten out. I don't, I don't know what that – it was just like um, – it was just wholesome. pleasant to listen to. Wholesome for the, the Gen <laughs> Z terminology. <laughs> Love it. All right. I'll give you guys my top three episodes that we had. I'll give you the top four. So we had a ranking Six Flags part coming at number four. Ranking Cedar Fair Parks. These are back-to-back episodes. So people want us to rank shit, apparently. Um, those were kind of goofy episodes. But then uh, the number one, which was the number two episode, but the, the number one that it wasn't promoted in any means, like monetarily, was the Great Cuzzy Road Trip, Canada's Wonderland. Shout out to Mitch for <laughs> having the most um, organic reach of any episode that we've ever had. It was a blast. I'm so happy to hear that that was the, the highest organically reached listen to episode of the Cuzzies. Um, it was it was so fun. I loved it. And then our number one episode was Welcome to Coaster Cuzzies, episode one. And um, by a lot, but you know, you, you throw $20 behind a Facebook post and, and people listen. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, throw money behind it. You talking about the heat out there in Toronto, Mitch, and then all that editing time that you spent on the weekends. I, I want to know both of you guys. What was the hardest thing about actually putting in effort to a for you coast bro, get coast cause he's up to episode 99 here and finish out season one. But then you Mitch, like being the co-host along the way, what were some struggles, fun times, trials, all that kind of stuff here. I think the hardest part for coaster cousins. Uh, so I, I actually like one of the biggest failures I had was I tried to do two shows a week for a second um, and one of those shows being like a, you know, under five minute show, but I found that all I was doing was editing and putting stuff together, which I found out is not my favorite part of podcasting is putting together the show. Um, so that was one of the most difficult things for me. Part two was, uh, like to be authentic. One of the most difficult things was after theme parks, I left the show was like 
what do I do now? <laughs> but that also was a favorite part of the show because I think it put me in a creative, it forced me in a creative place, which is like my favorite thing about the podcasting world is like, you get to kind of play with your creativity and kind of um, experiment. So my, my low, I guess, of the podcast is also, I think, surprisingly one of my highs. I like that. That's a very good way of thinking of it. It's just very like healthy, very inspiring way of thinking about even just life in general. So I love that. Um, I would say I'm also going to be quite authentic in my answer here, Logan, is I would say in the in the Prairie Coasting show, um, there were I think we feed off each other a lot. I think that one of the strengths that we have of each other is that we were both so dedicated. We like we're just like without a question, we're doing the show. We're committed. Like like if we commit to doing the show, like I would move my plans around it because I hate canceling on that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I think when we did commit so much to recording, um, we would feed off each other's energy a lot. So sometimes if the energy wasn't there, like either neither of us stepped up to the plate to try and like keep up the energy or like one of us had to. And so like sometimes you would have to, sometimes I would have to, and sometimes neither of us did. And I feel like sometimes that was energy that I feel like I could have used like to <laughs> maybe hype myself up a bit more instead of hyping the show up. So I think that was a challenge when we were just so committed, but our energies sometimes didn't match. And that was nothing to do with the show or you or I. It was just personal yeah. lives and what was going on. So that was definitely a challenge. Um, I mean, I, like, as similar to what, like, I, I want to reiterate what I said earlier. Like, the, most of the show was I would left happier than I felt than I, than I came in. But there was a lot of times I didn't. And like you said, I want to go back to that point, too, where it's like I completely agree with you. I, there were some points that it was not like that. So that was a big challenge for me. Um, and I think like also kind of reiterating what you said, Coaster Bro, I would listen, we'd record an episode and it wasn't very good. Logan, you would hear the raw audio and you would edit it to a point where it was like, I thought quite listenable and actually pretty decent. And I, and I can't even imagine what you heard and all the ums and everything you, you edited out or all the low energy mumbles we did. But I would say that that would be my biggest challenge. Um, overall, look, looking at that, what about, uh. What about you, Logan? I don't know. Like, just kind of like you were saying there. There were a couple episodes. One one in particular that were a little bit of a struggle to edit. Took a little while. But, you know, nine out of ten times I thoroughly enjoyed the editing. And it wasn't a huge big process here. Because, like I said, gave me something to just, you know, put my head down and actually get through. Something to keep me, you know, sane when the world was all up in craziness. This was my one thing that was actually scheduled in. So, that aspect of it was nice, but like you said, just bringing that energy and kind of just re-realizing like barriers and just limits and all that kind of stuff in the sense of that. I think that was a really important life lesson. Both of us learned a little bit with the show and doing this weekly and overcommitting a little bit. And I think, you know, we just came out stronger because of it, kind of like you said, Kayla. It just, you know, we came out stronger in some of those lowest moments were some of the highest looking back on it. Yeah, I, I like that. And it was, it was, it, there was some tough, there, there was some tough times there. Um, but I, I, I agree. And I think we did learn a lot about ourselves in terms of barriers because we have very different comfort zones, very different levels of like what we're comfortable with. And I think that like, it also forced us to be like very 
much more communicative than I think I was even used to. And it was nice to have to learn that lesson of like, if I don't communicate how I'm feeling, it's going to really negate both of us in in the past. And I think we can roast each other very, very nicely and very fun. But at the end of the day, like I I really like when we started to be much more open with each Mm -hmm. other of how we're feeling our energies, but also like if we said something or did something we weren't a fan of like I, I remember I'd read it re- listen to the, the podcast back and be like you know I didn't like that or I didn't like if the guest said this or I didn't like the way this came out or I didn't like the way we, we we were portrayed or perceived after that I think once that came on it, it was a lot better but it was it was a hard lesson to learn and like to just finalize that point Mitch and I have not met in person yet we just <laughs> met online Never. and did this all together so I think that in and of itself was both the most challenging thing but also the coolest part about the whole dynamic yeah, like how do you become best friends over the internet? Like uh, I don't forget. And, no. and, and, <laughs> just, just, just wait for a global pandemic and then start a pa- podcast. That's it. <laughs> Sprinkle in a little personal trauma at the same time, and you got a nice little recipe for success. Absolutely. Now, looking Friggin back, it. looking back, is there anything you guys would change about uh, this whole process of prayer coasting? Like, is, is there something you would like? You can go back, you can hit the rewind button and change something. What would you do? That's tough. Honestly, I'm one of those people where once I get to the other side of it and see it through, I honestly, I don't think I would really change anything. It all kind of served its purpose, especially the podcast and all that kind of stuff. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, you know, everything happens for a reason. No, like crap happens sometimes. And there's things that I would definitely want to change. But in terms of the show, very satisfied overall with, you know, the purpose to serve what we all did and, you know, the community we got out of it. What about, uh, what about you here, Mitch? I think the only thing I would change, it's not really actually a change, it'd be actually an addition, is I would have wished that if I hadn't have got COVID or if like I'd we'd found some more time in June to do like a season three send off. That's the only thing I would have wished just okay. to wrap up the season. Like we, our last episode actually kind of sort of was a wrap up. We were talking about summer plans, looking forward, that sort of thing. So I think it was a de facto wrap up and I'm glad that the topic fit well with that sort of ending, but I would have liked to just wrap up the season, even if we knew we weren't coming back, even if we did, wasn't like a proper wrap up, I think that's the, just the one thing I would change. It's not even a change; it was just I would just add that. I would get, I would have penciled that in sometime in in uh, June or July, for sure. And then uh, obviously you, Costa Bro, you talked about a couple moments there, having your co-host drop off, and then struggling to come up with the whole twice a week thing, kind of feeling out your limits and boundaries. What would you have changed over the past two and a half years of Coast Cousins? You know, looking back. Uh, I think I would have included the community more, pulled more. I think I was afraid to ask people. I think there was like a a level of fame that like starting off as a podcast, I was like, I'm only, you know, I can get that guy from Instagram probably. I don't know if I can get like another podcaster. And there was like this um, timidness of like guests I was trying to reach. And, um, I just, I just wish I would have reached out and I wish I would have like, uh, included more people and, um, maybe even, uh, you know, reached out to listeners a little bit more. Um, but you know, it's just, it's just not what happened. So, um, I think that's something moving forward. I want to, I want to include a lot more. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm excited for season two. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good things coming uh, to the, you know, what is it, uh, to put put into the Cuzzy's ears. 
Love that. That's not the exact quote, so you don't have to love it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I I like the idea, and I also like the I like the idea of what you would have changed is a similar to what you said earlier is a gr- growth opportunity for the future. It's not something that you regret in the past. It's something that is perfect for whatever is coming to come. Yeah, it's more like I uh, I limited myself, and I wish yeah. I wouldn't have done that. The great thing is, it's not too late because I I've heard through the grapevine there is going to be a season two. Yeah, season two coming next Tuesday. Yeah. Tune in. <laughs> All Jeez, right, that's a week I, away. I know. We're, we're, I don't take time off. <laughs> <laughs> now is that something you're proud of? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Nice. No, when I, when I love something so much, I'm uh I'm a little bit proud of that. But what am I? What am I? What are you guys most proud of? Uh, with with the whole project, with the whole Prairie coasting. What, what is something you're most proud of? What you did? Um, I think this is, I think it's a little bit selfish. I think maybe I can talk about like more of something I'm proud of personally and something I'm proud of the show because the first thing I was going to say is like a little bit more just on the personal side is I think I'm proud of myself and yourself, Logan, for looking at our lives during the lockdown yeah. and the endless despair that like when you look back on it like we were laughing through the pain a lot but like when you look back at it now it's like no we went through like i think we all went through some pretty terrible times and i think it's easy i think it's i think it's necessary to say that now so what i'm most proud of is that we really did something because i know so many people who during the pandemic didn't create they didn't do something they say they were going to like everyone says they're going to learn the guitar or you know whatever like Whereas I feel like this is something that I've always wanted to do is like a podcast and, and talk or put content out there. And and it also kept me sane whether whether the energy was there or not. It kept a level of social interaction, um, something in the calendar, like you said, Logan. So personally, I'm proud of that for for us on to, to take control of our lives and really make a shining. Like if you're not, if nothing's happening around you that um, is making you happy or making you um grow in life that you take the reins and you and you take things in your own hands so i'm proud of us on that front in our lives and on the show i'm really proud of like i think we really got a lot of breakthroughs i loved how much we we really dived into you know not just the industry of the coaster world and like as it pertains to canada i learned so much about canada about the that the parks but also like dived into like like i said earlier your your upbringing, my upbringing, how we thought we came into this thinking we were like completely different people, but like we were, we really discovered that we're really, we're not so different after all, you know, that, that perfect saying. And then also the, the friendships that we gain through, through that, like the, through the guests we had on the show, through the discord, through the community. Um, I would say just learning about new people, people I would have never crossed paths with. Even if I hadn't done the podcast, I might just have followed them on Instagram and just liked their posts and what's done is done, but getting to know them and everything. So I think I think that's more on the on the on the show side. That's what I'm I'm more proud of. So very long and winded answer as as everyone has come to expect from me. Yeah, and I'll keep her a little shorter and briefer, but reiterating the exact same thing. I very much, yeah, got laid off out of a four-year relationship and then just school and all this crazy stuff all happened within the same two weeks. So very much just kind of felt like the universe just tossed everything onto me, kicked me to the curb and just, yeah, 
that's ultimately decide, you know what? No, we, we're not going to wallow in self-pity and all this kind of stuff. Lament the entire year. Let's actually do something here. Started reaching out, got outside my comfort zone and the whole online community, right? You ain't got anyone in person. Why not reach out on the interwebs and check out all this stuff that you've been actively listening to from the background, the sidelines for the past four years. So that part was super cool. Met you, Mitch. And then, like you said, it was therapy before I actually started going to therapy is what essentially these weekly check-ins were. And then having that thing to work on and keep me grounded during the week. I don't know, just the place I was two years ago when we started this to the place I am now is just absolutely insane to me. And it's just crazy to see that while, yeah, the capacity that a lot of these friends and all that stuff that we've had in certain points of the time, while that may have changed or drifted apart, uh, it will truly hold, you know, near and dear a lot of the stuff there. People like Josh and Shockway Dan, I just specifically want to shout those two up because those are two of the people that, complete different areas of the world but i texted them on and off for a good little while dan still every now and then and it's just like josh mitch you and i we just reached out on a limb and we're like hey you seem cool want to hop on the show that was it brought him on and one of the the coolest things that i learned about myself is sometimes you just have to go out and do it and that's essentially what we did and i don't know life lessons like that is what i'll take from the show and which is why yeah truly say like i'm just proud for what we did here with it Logan, one of my favorite parts of the show is just, um, you know, as, as listening since since episode one, is just kind of to to hear you evolve into like, I don't know, it feels like a healthier person. Yeah. Um, which is, um, I don't know, it's just really cool to watch. And um, whenever you whenever you start listening to to podcast, you kind of become the friend of the person that you're talking to, mm-hmm. and like, I don't know, I was just like cheering you on the whole time, and. Um, Gosh, it was just cool to kind of see you grow as a person as, um, you know, starting off the show, just kind of talking about lifeguarding and um, maybe some insecurities or some things you're going through and just being open about that. And then uh, I feel like Mitch pulled a lot of shit out of you. (laughs) I think I think Mitch really, really helped you grow. Uh, oh, maybe encourage you um, and just kind of watching like you guys felt like an authentic friendship through it all even though you've never met each other before um, yeah which is why it's uh, I think is why I became such big fans of both of you yeah I think we definitely had a podcast where you felt like you were just a fly on the wall listening to two friends hang out talked about shared interests and then it kind of snowballed into you yeah. know growth and trauma like it those are my favorite kind of, you know, YouTube videos or podcasts where you can like really feel the genuine connection. Um, even if some days it's off, like you, you do still feel like they're, they're on, they're, they're on the same page on the same wavelength there. And you know, even if when they're off, you, you know, that they're off, like, you know, that they're like struggling and going through it just like you, they're not trying to put on a polished exterior, um, which is something we learned that we are really bad at and we don't like doing, like we would just say it if we're not feeling it. And that for me was always, like it helped me with the authentic process. It helped me um, be more open in, in the podcast, but also even as a listener, cause I do listen to all the shows after I, I, I record them. It, it helped listening too. it made, it kept it fresh. It kept it like every week. This is, this was our authentic self. Yeah. Josh, you too. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to miss prairie coasting. Say. Yeah, it was uh, fun to, it, it very much felt like we were in Olive Garden just catching up or once a week and you guys were the table beside us. 
Like, yes. I don't know. I wish we would have caught on to that kind of vibe and that idea sooner because that would have been the listeners of the show, the table beside us at the Olive Garden. If we ever live together, if we're like old and we live in the same city, you know that every Wednesday at 4 p.m. we'll be going to Olive Garden every Wednesday and we'll need, we'll do this catch up. And that's what we're going to do when we're old if we live in the same city. Yep, with the unlimited soup, salad, and breadsticks and the mm-hmm. deep fried lasagna appetizer. Yeah. Uh, as far as what I am most proud of, um, there's a couple things. Um, and I don't know that necessarily all of them are uh, involving the podcast. Now, uh, I think as far as the podcast itself, I think what I'm most proud of is just consistency over two and a half years. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm coming out of this trance and realizing, like, holy shit, you just did, like, 99, about to do 100 episodes back-to-back with, like, no break in between. And, like, that's how I really know I like something. And I really enjoy doing this for you guys. And having that consistency for the listeners has been, um, I don't know, it's been really cool for me to, to even look back at myself and be like, Dude, you just did like 99 episodes in a row, just in a coma. <laughs> it made it happen. Um, I, I remember even like recording 69 questions before like a two week long vacation and just like earning my vacation kind of thing. So um, kind of proud of that. Just like the consistency of the show is pretty awesome. Um, and then two other things that I, maybe three other things. I'm really proud, guys. <laughs> Love it. Oh, that's good. Say so, it all. Put it all in the universe. There you go. Uh, one of my things was just being right about TikTok. So, so like, they're kind of going into the pandemic. I was like, I need to get on TikTok, and I think I'm going to – I think I could do really well on that. And, like, even to this day when I talk to, you know, other millennials, they're just, like, too shy to make content and think it's all dancing and that sort of thing. Um. Guys, I just hit 32k followers on TikTok. That's a hard sick. Work That's that. unreal. I yeah, I even noticed that you started to change to like the little pink color stuff. I really like that a lot. Or at least I think it's pink. I am colorblind. Like it just yeah. it, it's a nice little fresh look that you got going over there. You know what? I really like the color pink. You know, I'm starting to include pink on my profile a little bit, which is uh, I think good for TikTok. Good for 33-year-old men, and um I think we should just wear pink more. It's a good color. Um, but I agree. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the last thing like I'm just really proud of, and I'm kind of ashamed and like proud at the same time, because I try not to take other people's opinions. Um, but I got a really good compliment, and it was from Hyde from In the Loop, and In the Loop uh, is a podcast that I've been listening to since I was 16. Like it was one of the first podcasts I ever listened to, and we had him on the show for 69 questions. And he, he literally gave me a compliment saying that he loves like the creativity of the show and that it's different and that it's like fresh. And then there's even like a little syndication of shows that we're doing. And that's just like really unique and like uh, kind of a fresh take on podcast, which like blew my mind um, because I wanted to do something a little different. I wanted to do a little something with Coaster Cuzzies that was not just necessarily your news show. Um Something that people could listen to and be like, oh, it's a little bit different. All right. Uh, the last thing I'm proud of, I promise this will be the last thing, is uh, one of the things like when starting Coaster Cuzzies I wanted to do because uh, as I grew up in the community, I found that like I had different views than the average coaster boy. You know, when I go to Cedar Point, I don't necessarily think it's a great time. I don't like waiting in 45 minute waits for like an average coaster 
um, and that sort of thing. And like, you know, I rode Steel Vengeance. I've ridden Voyage, and like, I don't really like them. And I feel like when you come out with a different voice in the community, people just shoot bullets at you. And um, still to this day, you know, I go on Twitter and I say, uh, you know, Ravine Flyer is better than Voyage. And so, I don't know. I've, I've, I've been really proud to kind of voice my opinion on that kind of stuff. Not presenting as fact, presenting as an enthusiast, presenting as somebody that just likes the hobby and just has different opinions. And I, and I hope that encourages other people to do the same. And I hope that, that um, you know, other people, whenever they um, hear that kind of stuff, are a little bit more tolerant. I think there's still a lot of work. I there's think, a lot uh, of work. I think even like, as uh, just even on Twitter, when I, when I interact with people, I think it's important how creators um, interact with each other. And, and because those are the people that kind of uh, allow what can be said and what can't be said in the community. So I think, I think we still have work to do on that, but I'm, I'm kind of proud of the, the ground that, you know, I kind of heard you guys talk about RMC coasters and they're okay. Right. I wouldn't know. I've not been <laughs> on them. And I still have a strong RS, R, RMC bias. Yeah. But st- I don't know. It's just, uh, if you have an opinion, I, I think you should say it. Yeah. And uh, don't present it as fact, whatever. But also, don't put other people down for their opinions. If they love uh, Vacoma Boomerang, somebody's got to love them. Yeah. Why not be the guy? I don't know. I, I just I, have a lot of respect in that. I agree completely because you think that a lot of people, and unfortunately, especially a lot of younger enthusiasts, believe that enthusiasts, being enthusiasts equals RMC. Like, I've been asked, I because, because I thought... I like things like, um, I like Yukon Striker more than Steel Vengeance. And everyone's like, how can you be an enthusiast? Like it's actually for, for in a lot of people's minds, unfortunately, especially younger, also younger people's minds. It's like, if you like a dive coaster more than a, an RMC like Steel Vengeance, like you're not an enthusiast, enthusiast like RMCs. And it's like this, almost this really weird, I don't know how it started. I'm not sure why, I'm not sure who created it, but it is like a one track mind of this. And I, and I think, um, I don't know if you guys are in any, in any other fandoms. Like I love Star Wars, Star Trek, that sort of thing. And talk about toxic fandoms. I would say welcome to the Star Trek, the Star Wars fandom. Star Trek's a bit more, it's a bit better, but Star, Star Wars is bad. Oh. And it does, it does stem from, I think Logan and I really beat this topic to death about escapism and, 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 um, you know, people breaking the glass of, of their, of their, their beautiful escape reality that they, they believe in. So when you say something that against their opinion, even though you don't present it as fact, like you were saying, Coaster Bro, it's more of the fact of like, it's a personal attack on them. And I think we've, I think there's many episodes where we went over this, but I, I totally agree with you. I really like the fact that not only do you speak your mind opinion wise on TikTok on your, on the podcast, but you make a joke of it, you you poke fun of it, you poke fun at the community, and you do it in almost like a love letter way. Like you're doing it, it's like I love it. I want people to be better. I want people to learn. I want this community to grow. But you do it in a funny way that catches people's attention, that makes people laugh, that that garners the views and followers clearly. So I think it's a perfect way of like making that change instead of saying like you need to be better. Like instead of like being accusatory, instead of being like that, I, 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 I just, I love the method. Mitch, I love you. 
That was uh, <laughs> might be my new favorite compliment. Sorry, sorry, I. Boys, I really appreciate having you on the show. That was a that was a great episode. I'm glad we got some closure on Prairie Coasting, some closure on season one, with some great insight of. Um, I don't think you always hear that on podcast of just real reflection on how the season went and kind of where you uh, maybe you know maybe want Coaster Cuzzies to go in the future. So. Um, mm-hmm. at least from my perspective there but anyway season two launching next week we got a new logo coming so <laughs> watch out it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a blast so we'll be revealing that soon uh if you want to be a part of the 100th episode next week you can be a part of it so what i want you to do go in the voice notes of your iphone sorry logan um what's the equivalent on a droid recording it's just the recording app it's just like the recorder okay, so go into like like the the third grade instrument you learn in yeah, school. That's what I'm, that's what not I'm the doing. third grade <laughs> instrument <laughs> you know what if someone actually plays the recorder i will love them forever someone's yeah. sending a trashy hot cross buns thing on the recorder yeah you better I'll put play. that in coaster bro i'll play it on the show for you but, right. but seriously hey you've been a listener uh even if it's been for five episodes or a hundred episodes, would love to hear your voice. It'd be, it'd mean the world to me for you to send in just a voice clip to coaster at gmail.com. We'll splice that into the show. Um, just do me a favor. Keep it down to like 30 seconds to a minute. You know, we're not looking for a autobiography kind of situation here, but uh, we'd love to hear your congratulations. We'd love to hear from your listeners. Um, send in a clip. If you could send it by, uh, you know, Saturday, Listen to this show. What's the date on that? That would be November 4th? Question mark? Yeah. Send it by November 4th yeah. and we'll put it in the show. November 4th yeah. is Friday. November 5th. I'll allow November 5th, which yeah. is Saturday. If you send it, we'll... Not uh, November 6th. No, November 6th would be a tragedy. <laughs> would be. Can't, can't have it in there. Uh, no. But yeah, shoot, shoot us an email. We'd love to. We'd love to include your voice on the show. This is a big community. We want to represent that. Shoot us, shoot us an email with uh, congratulations, with kind words, um, or whatever you want to talk about for 30 seconds to a minute. I'll, I'll even allow that. Uh, also want to announce, we'll be having a podcast giveaway. Uh, so it's going to be exclusively for listeners. So, so here's what we're going to do. If you follow us on Instagram at CoasterCuzzies, you know that we post something about the new show every week. So on the image of the 99th episode, I am going to have a prompt there and say, what was your favorite moment of the episode? On Instagram, I'm going to say, you know, just reply. But the listeners know if you're listening right now, add an emoji to your response and that will enter you in this giveaway, this podcast giveaway. So yes, the 99 podcast episode, there's going to be a post. It's going to be an image. You go down there, you answer your favorite moment, favorite moment, favorite episode of the show, add an emoji, it will add you to the drawing to win. Here's what the prize will be. A wooden coaster that is like a Vacoma Boomerang Coaster Cuzzies coaster that is not brand appropriate, but it is on there. You'll want a Spinning Dragons magnet from World of Fun. You'll want a Waldemere mug, a Pathfinder park map, from Spring, Silver Dollar City with a, a marketing brochure in there. You're going to win a, 
a June 2019 version of Fun World, and then a Spring 2022 Adventure Park Insider Magazine. Bet you didn't expect that. But you no, it just kept going. Yeah, man, I was I was running out of breath there talking about all the things you could win. Oh, and I know I missed something. Uh, I'm also going to throw in a, a copy of Roller Coaster Tycoon World, which is more of a curse than a blessing. But you'll get the disc to add to your <laughs> your um, your roller coaster computer playing system. I was gonna say that's uh that's quite the little collection you got there. That'll be a nice little prize for whoever uh yeah wins that one. And you do have to be from America, but um, you know it's it is what it is. But if you enter from like Canada or UK, and nobody from America enters, you win. So Ooh. something to think about. Something to think about. So we're like the afterthought. If everything goes south, you'll consider going north. Yeah, I'll basically pay the extra money to to ship it wherever. <laughs> Roller coaster tycoon world's that bad, eh? Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you have a PO box, uh. Add a little mail emoji, and that will consider you a U.S. resident. And uh, if you made it all the way through this show, 99 episodes in, I appreciate the hell out of you. You should be following us on all of our socials, though. We've got Twitter. We've uh, on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. You know, really the best place to find us, though. If you just go to solo.to slash coastercuzzies, you can really find everything you need coastercuzzy related. And just make sure you're following us on all the shit. So, um... That's what I recommend. Cello.to slash Coaster Cuzzies. It's been a great show. I uh, I really am honored to, to, to send uh, have the send off of, of, of Prairie Coasting. As um, I think I've said about 84 times. As a big fan of Prairie Coasting. I appreciate you guys joining me for uh, the end of season one and celebrating with me as well. <laughs>